0: new president of the International Weightlifting Federation.
1: I'm expected to take the the Federation in a different direction, and I can't do that if I can't fulfill the role that I'm given. And those were the expectations from the executive board that were placed on me.
0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. The International Weightlifting Federation is poised to take a new direction, with the resignation of its president of 20 years and the designation of a woman from the U.S. as acting president. Ursula Papandrea stepped into the IWF leadership in January when a report by German TV channel ARD exposed questionable financial dealings that may have been linked to the sordid doping reputation the sport is now trying to shed. Dozens of positive drug tests from recent Olympic Games have made weightlifting the most penalized sport on the Olympic program. Last month, Papandrea took the reins of the Federation firmly in her grasp after longtime President Thomas Ayan resigned. Along with the resignation came the decision to move Federation headquarters from Budapest, Ayan's hometown. Lausanne, Switzerland should be the new headquarters city by the end of the year. Papandrea has coached and competed in weightlifting at the international level, is also former president of USA Weightlifting. I spoke with her on April 29th from her home in Austin, Texas, where she's overseeing the rebuild and reform of the Federation, while travel restrictions due to the coronavirus keep her and other sports leaders around the world grounded.
1: I'm still considered the acting president because... um. Appropriately so, because I I wasn't elected by uh, the member federation um, in 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 an election, in an electoral congress, Um, so I'm acting president, Um, I mean, or interim, whatever you want to consider it. I was uh, selected by the, or elected by the executive board, and... um, so we had the meeting on January 22nd. Uh, ION was um, was to step aside according to our terms of reference. And uh, what we were just having some issues implementing the terms of reference. And there were some events that happened. Um, and so uh, the board took action and, uh, we ended up getting a resignation. So, um, and I, you know, it's, it's kind of, I, I guess it would sound hypocritical as I just spoke about the whole due process, uh, procedure should exist. And that is why we were having an investigation, um, because most of us felt like he should not be, uh, it should not be assumed that all of the allegations against him are true it shouldn't be assumed that any of them are true unless we can substantiate them and so what we really had an issue with was violations of the terms of
0: reference. You mean by that the way he was conducting himself um, while you were acting president was he engaging in activities that he shouldn't have been?
1: Um, I'm, somebody leaked the actual uh, motion to uh, remove him. I'm assuming you saw that. So um, there were some key events that were really um, a huge violation of those terms of reference, and so there were these, you know, kind of a constant questioning of, of his activity um, and was um, witnessed by a lot of different people uh, on the board and so um, we wrote another terms of reference that was um, reflective of that and the violations uh, didn't cease and so that was the inability for for me to act, to to become the acting president um, became an issue, and the
0: he was usurping your role.
1: Sure, yeah, and uh, the and the intent of the the executive board was obviously, and the vote was to implement these terms of reference. And there was, you know, there's a bunch of other things, but, um, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say anything, um, negative about Dr. Ion. I, um, I like him a lot and we had a really good relationship and, uh, I hope we still do. Um, but those were, that's just what, what happened and the board reacted, uh, and then acted accordingly. And so um, I think a lot of people try to pit me against him, but the fact is we, we've always gotten along really, really well. And um, I have a lot of respect for what he's given to the sport. And, you know, we'll have to let the investigation conclude. I'm I'm, I'm not happy that uh, things turned out the way they did in terms of just how messy it got uh, I mean that's not that's not good for anybody uh, in the sport in sports and um, I just you know I have I'm expected to take the, the Federation in a different direction and I can't do that if I can't fulfill the role that I'm given. And those were the expectations from the executive board that were placed on me. And I felt responsible for carrying them out. And I am responsible for carrying them out. And there are a lot of really big changes. And there are a lot of really big obstacles uh, to this change. Um, and so, I mean, hopefully we can talk about about that at some point. <laughs> because that's really my focus. Right, huh? it,
0: was, it, was, it was a difficult decision for for you and your colleagues on the board, because Thomas Ayan has been there for 50 years. He is um, a personality in his own. He's a very engaging, the kind of person you like to talk with and, and be with, and he's, um, he's made a contribution To weightlifting through the years as well.
1: Of course. Of course. I mean, when you look at the situation everybody's in right now, um, we've had some IF meetings, um, some of this, you know, with the um, postponement of the Olympics. It's really hard on a lot of the uh, federations. Um, But he actually had created a rainy day fund for us. And that's huge. Uh, and most organizations have one uh, and, and try not to dip into it. But that was really, you know, obviously insightful for him to do and uh, prepared us for this kind of, uh, of, an, of an event that we're having to deal with, with this postponement. And it won't last forever, but it certainly... Um, it has, has carried us thus far. That it was that's a huge contribution that I think gets lost in all of this, and it's unfortunate because um, I'm not looking in any way <clears throat> to to negatively uh, or smudge his his reputation. I we need to know exactly what what happened and why ARD is making these accusations. And if there's any validity or truth to them, and uh, if, if I mean, he was he was planning on resigning, um, and and this was was known, uh, and maybe he was now pushed to resign a little bit earlier uh, than he intended, and and the way um, in which he was resigned that he resigned was. Unfortunate, and I know I played a role, but I certainly didn't expect for, you know, for things to leak and make it look a little bit messier than it than it really could have been. Um, but you know, I, I'm I'm a representative of the executive board as their president, and uh, I take majority votes into into account. Um, and, and that's what dictates what I do, uh, because, I, I, I mean, I'm the leader, but it's not in any way uh, dictatorial. It's just not my style. It's not my method of leadership. Um, and so I, I believe, and I was kind of raised in, in the servant leadership model as an educator, and um, that means that, that I look to serve the member Federation's and the executive board as opposed to extracting as much power as I can from their support and, and then disregarding them and so uh, it's you know things have been really really different on the executive board and how we function
0: you're, you're waiting right now for the report from uh, Richard McLaren who uh, yeah. whose, whose company is 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 I guess doing a forensic investigation if you will of uh of the finances of the of the federation and other aspects of uh, how business was conducted there um Mm -hmm. how is that report coming uh what are you expecting to hear
1: well it was originally um due for april 22nd and we gave an extension um under, by request because of, of the issues with, um, with the coronavirus and the inability to travel. And so their ability to work has, like all of ours, has been mitigated. And um, it, was, it was kind of a, a, a necessity. And there wasn't a request for any more money it was just an extension. And of course, we granted the extension, understanding how well, I mean, I'm stuck in the States. Uh, I got out on the night, March 19th, from, um, from, from Lausanne and uh, haven't been able to go back. So I'm waiting to be able to return. But of course, there have been um, a, lot of, a lot of impacts all around by the virus, and this was one. So now our report is due June 4th, and um, from all of the indications from the firm, we'll get the report June 4th.
0: You're not making any uh, predictions, or you don't have any expectations about what, what that report's going to reveal?
1: Well, we've had updates. We've had a couple of updates. One was intended to be the first, the, the interim report, and then with the delay, we had a second interim report. And obviously, I can't divulge anything that I know from the investigation, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, there's been mostly procedural information, uh, but there's been some substantive information that um, that we've been given. It's been reported to the board.
0: You're gonna use the findings of this report though to help create um, a new new procedures, a new way of doing business for the IWF. It's part of your 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 plans, your 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 objective to bring big changes to the Federation.
1: Certainly operationally we can do things very differently um there were some some things like um on the and this isn't to to say that there was anything going on but the perception was not good so for um the OTP account in budapest um dr ion was the sole signatory which i only found i, I was added until um at the uh, mid march i was added um after a period of two weeks visits um, over uh, at two different visits, I was there for um, two weeks and I was added at the, at the end of that second week. Um, but that's expired and he was sole signatory and that creates problems. Um, obviously now operationally, but also, uh, you know, there's a perception issue with that. And that's, Those types of things, you know, we have to rid ourselves of. There there should have always been uh, multiple signatories and a second signatory requirement. Um, It's not on uh, our our larger account where we transfer money out of Switzerland um, does have uh, dual signatories. Um, But there he has to be one or he had to be one on both. And you know, one of the problems with the traveling is that I can't um, get you know. Sig- I, it's hard to become a signatory without being there physically present, and that those have been some challenges that we're facing. But I, you know, I don't. I'm not making any accusation regarding that. I'm just saying that those are things that we have to fix. We have to have a better level of accounting transparency, other than just reports um we need to you know more than one person needs to be able to see what's going on in the account just as i mean there there's no checks um and that created i think uh, and whether it's a misperception or there's any validity to it it created a, a bad perception um and so you know we're looking at different operational changes um as well as reorganizing, Um, moving to Lausanne and and creating an international office where we hire people from different countries, Um, as uh, everybody knows, and it was reported, and, you know, um, Attila Adampe, who does a tremendous job. Um, Of course, I've never known anyone else, but he does, from my perspective, he does a really, really good job but he's also his son-in-law. And again, perception, and in most cases, um, that would not have happened. And uh, I think there's just a combination of, of activities then that create a really poor perception of what was going on. Again, whether, we, whether there was anything wrong going on, I'm not saying that, like, I don't know. Um, but the percep- the possibility, and that's what I want to ensure, is that the, there's neither perception nor even the possibility for mismanagement. Um, and so, you know, going in and, and trying to, to rectify um, by taking steps that will, will change that perception and change us not just by perception, but operationally so that, People can't make those kinds of people can't make those kinds of allegations
0: have you have you formally moved from the headquarters from Budapest to Lausanne?
1: Um, we have my intent is to have us operating out of Lausanne at the beginning of next year. So the answer there is no. Um, we're looking to potentially make some some changes in terms of our key staff uh, the leadership in our key staff so we've we've created some uh, intra board hiring commissions uh, where we will actually hire as opposed to having just me the president hiring um, our key staff uh, we'll, we're doing a, a Director General or CEO search. Um, we're doing a Chief Financial Officer ch- search. And um, the sooner we could have them in place, the better. Uh, we are having our Anti-Doping Commission and, uh, and this is still needs to be completed. This is in process, but having both our Anti-Doping Commission and our Member Federation Sanctioning Panel, uh, we'd like them to be appointed by ITA, as opposed to, um, you know, a, appointments that the board approves. Uh, so, I mean, I'd like to take more specifically of the, the, the anti-doping efforts out of the hands of the executive board, and there are a multitude of ways to do that. And we've already um, done a couple, but there are more that we can do to externalize that and so that is, is key um, for us. Um, and so we've already taken some, some steps um, trying to find, an, you know, an operational bank out of, uh, out of Switzerland, um, moving our accounting uh, to um, uh, until we hire a CFO, which would be part-time, um, uh, to an external accounting firm uh, which is, uh, we're looking for one right now that is both Swiss and uh, has offices in Lausanne and, and Budapest and so there's, there's a, there are a lot of changes underway. Um, I put myself on um, a series of three to four week timelines uh, to try to get certain things done. Of course long term Um, So we're basically in kind of a reorganization process and um, hiring and search process. But once we can get some key leadership in, we can really start, I think, effectively working on governance change. And I think that's really at the root of a a lot of our problems was our Constitution, is our Constitution. It really, um, in my opinion... Overempowers the executive without uh, requiring um, oversight methods and so
0: would this would that perhaps contribute to the big problem weightlifting seems to have yeah. of of doping. Um, uh, that is perhaps the most distinctive uh, knock against weightlifting is the. Just the sheer number of positive doping tests that have been uh, uncovered at the Olympics and since the Olympic Games mm-hmm. in, in retesting—it's—it it's, stands stands alone in that un- yeah. dubious distinction of yeah. being yeah. number one in that regard. What kind of yeah, changes pretty, need to be made to uh, the weightlifting that's federation?
1: A, that's the thing. That's the thing you don't want to be number one on. It's like Texas is number one on the the lowest um, number of insured children and elderly. That's those are the things you don't want to be number one. in. Right. And, and you're right, and it's something that we need to acknowledge and address in a very real and transparent way. And that's part of the investigation. I mean, the investigation is to uncover the truth, like what, what you know, whatever can be uncovered, um, in both the amount of time that's been allocated and access. To, um, to information because, um, you know, of course with the investigation there are concerns with uh, potential complicity that people don't, you know, have a problem coming forward or they do have a problem coming forward. But um, definitely that there are questions surrounding that and they came up in the documentary. Um, and a lot of it seems kind of when you have, a, a, a total Hungarian office, and you're hiring Hunato a lot. And, of course, I don't know the degree uh, to which Hunado was hired.
0: Hunato is the Hungarian, uh, the Hungarian anti-doping agency, which has been, as you say, hired by the Weightlifting Federation right. to conduct your anti-doping program.
1: Yeah. And, again, that isn't in and of itself necessarily doing anything wrong. But the questions that it created and the perception that it created um, may or may not have contributed to um, misconduct. And and we don't, the investigation is is, um, there to find out uh, if if or not. And, you know, it could completely clear Dr. Ion's name. And that is, you know, one way or the other, um, I think there's a, 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 once that information uh, came to the light um, that we needed to uh, find out if there was uh, any uh, basis to, to those kinds of allegations, because they were extensive and serious. And uh, that's why the board took action. Um, so, so we, you know, we don't know, but we, what we do know is that we have a really long and bad history in the doping area and it, it's always been unacceptable. And as an athlete, an international, an international level competitor in weightlifting, um, the, the, the problem with doping has uh, there are, made it very, very difficult for clean athletes. Um, and that's who we want to celebrate in our sport, the clean athletes, not doping athletes.
0: You're listening to Around the Rings Radio. Our guest today is Ursula Papandrea, acting president of the International Weightlifting Federation. She says among the changes to weightlifting she wants to pursue is a look at how the sport is presented.
1: From my perspective, the sport has been incredibly stagnant. Um, When I go to a world championship. Um, And even though, you know, the event coordinators and the organizing committees are doing, uh, you know, as good of a job as they can considering the expectations, um, I think that we have to change the expectations. Uh, I think we need to turn our events into events. And so there are changes that we can make to to get closer to that goal. Um, And I, I think that affects, the, how attractive we are to the media, and um, having the exact same format and presentation—that's not very exciting. That has a lot of downtime—is um, not—is not, is not going to attract viewers and, and media attention. So we need to we need to look at that closely and see what can we do to change that and and create an audience that is interested in the sport, I, I you know, this, this, it's an amazing sport in, you know, even in the format that it exists, but that's my opinion as a former weightlifter, I need, uh, I need other people to see that as well, that aren't former weightlifters. And, you know, we need re- really need experts in that area to help us move along um, that have experience in doing that. And so marketing the sport is, is important and uh, in the, short of having no marketing expert on um, staff it's you know, or or hiring um, and we do have some you know contacts but you know if we're not willing to change uh, how we do things then we really limit no matter how good the 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 those that we hire are you know we we, we stop their their ability to to do a a good job for us. So, you know, that relationship and and how the sport is marketed um, becomes important. And I think we need to look at having professionals as well as having internal professionals uh, deal with that and be willing to change. Like, we have to be willing to change as a sport. Um, But all these areas, you know, more... Progressive policies will help. and So there's just, I mean, it, I think it's its its endless in the opportunities that we have. And that's how I view it. There are challenges and there are opportunities. And um, I think we're at a crossroad where we really need to rethink how, how we're going to make our sport a successful and desirable Olympic sport. I mean, having all the, the the doping issues definitely impacts us, I think. I mean, certainly most people think it's a it's a dirty sport, um, even though the majority of the, the athletes that go to the competitions are clean. And um, so we have to make sure that there's a, a, an opportunity for the clean athletes to seriously compete and uh, remove the elements that are obstacles for them, which which would be dope to athletes.
0: There, there will be another, uh, you'll have to have some kind of Congress in the future to elect mm-hmm. new officers, new leadership, to pass constitutional reforms. Um, what's your time frame for that? When, when would you like to see all of that, that finished?
1: Well, according to our constitution, it, it was, it's supposed to be by May 31st of the year following the Olympics. Um, but with the Olympics postponed, there's some questions. So we'll have to, we'll really have to get legal advice on, on when we, we must and when we should conduct elections. I, you know, the sooner the better, uh, in my opinion. Uh, because we should have elected leadership, um, not just by the executive board, but by the member federations. So the sooner the better. Um, I think with the coronavirus, we have an issue of, of trying to do it too soon and, uh, you know, putting our leadership in all of the different federations in the way of harm. Um, so this, you know, COVID-19 has affected we, you know, we kind of mentioned the different ways in which it's affected uh, operations uh, and our, you know, ability to travel affects a lot of different aspects for not just our investigation or in working and um, being able to interview in the search, um, the search process and hiring process. I mean, there's going to be a lot of obstacles that we encounter um, just from the virus. And so, one of them, I think, is potentially the ability to hold an Electoral Congress sooner rather than later. Um, Goal would be to still have it uh, next year, before May 31st, as the Constitution says. Um, Constitution is is really not clear, because this is after the Olympic Games. And with the postponed Olympic Games, that creates a little bit of confusion. And so... We'll have to to look uh, to see what what our options are, but my uh, I think that we'll I mean we'll we'll fall in line with the intent of the Constitution. So being uh, you know being able to interpret the intent of the Constitution I think is is important um, in this particular area because we sh- certainly should not. Uh, continue with, without having uh, elected leadership, and so you know we need a constitutional Congress to change our constitution. We need an electoral Congress uh, to make sure that the the leadership that's in place on the executive board and um, and the, the key positions of our of our leadership on the executive board are all selected, elected by the membership itself. And, so, and those two things need to happen. Um, so my my hope would be as, as soon as possible, as soon as safely possible, we should hold those.
0: Could it be this year?
1: Um, it could. I mean, that was the original plan uh, was to do it this year. That is what we had discussed as an executive board prior to... To January,
0: yeah. Corona messed.
1: Corona changed everything for for our qualification system. It was impacted, and we were almost at the end. We were just sh- a couple of months short, like two and a half months short of the end of our qualification period. Um, it affected our qualification period. It affected our operations. It affected the investigation. It affected. Uh, elections and most obviously it affected um, the Olympic Games which then uh, creates some other questions and issues for us um, obviously the you know biggest impact is on the athletes themselves which is you know the
0: worst part of all of it
1: but there's definitely new challenges that are that are added
0: to it so some of the athletes have already qualified for for the tokyo olympics but but now they 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 won't get to compete for 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 more than another year weightlifting is one of those sports where the fitness of the athlete is uh is really hard to maintain over a long period of time um are you going to have to make substantial changes to to qualifications for tokyo given the uh given the year-long delay
1: well, we've requested those. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, the, the guidelines really directed us um, from the IOC to stick to our qualification system that we had as much as possible. So it will, it will look, you know, our qualification system should look like our previous qualification system with a delay an elongated delay. Um, We had already started the third period of our qualification, and so we were a couple of months into that when we had to start canceling events. And uh, so it means that we'll try to pick up where we left left off. Uh, The athletes will have this long period of time, um, and hopefully some of them are using it in a, you know in a way that's beneficial maybe getting some less letting the body recover and then we'll come back and finish up the third period and uh, have the Olympic Games we have no one qualified yet technically uh, we have we have people who have completed the qualification system as it existed um, but we had not sent out any anything because we hadn't finished our qualification our third period so no one had um, technically qualified. There were some people that were obviously in the, in the, you know, very top tier that would, could not, and and still I can't imagine will be any, anything major will change for them. Um, But we still have to complete the, the qualification system before we start naming athletes or inviting athletes. And so there's kind of a misconception that people had already had already qualified. Um, and in a technical perspective, they had not because they had not received an invitation. But, uh, or the member federation had not received, and the NOCs had not received invitations. Um, so we'll, we I mean, that was true of, of, I think 57% of the athletes attending the Olympic Games in their quali- qualifying procedures had already completed their qualification and had been named uh, Olympians. Um, or selected as Olympians, and we weren't in that position. We were one of the sports in which our qualification system wasn't completed. Now, there were some sports where the, there was, like, a qualification event that hadn't happened. So, you know, we have a better read on who the Olympians might be um, just based on the the current standings or the rankings that we have, uh, and those are published,
0: Um the, the the quota the number of athletes that weightlifting is uh permitted to uh send to the Olympic Games in Tokyo has been reduced from uh, from years past because of the uh the, the doping situation um how how is that going to change do you ever see a a day coming when when weightlifting will win back some of these uh quotas
1: i hope I hope um, we reduced our weight classes because of the reduction in the metals. Well, we didn't, I mean, we added some and then we, but they reduced us by, by one um, male category. So we're at seven and seven instead of what we had requested, which was eight and eight because we tried to equalize with the women. And instead of giving us a women's category, they uh, a, a, man's, a male category was dropped. But um, our new qualification system is meant to address the doping issues. And so we're hoping that uh, this, this individual system allows us to, to target tests a little bit, you know, uh, better, leading into the Olympic Games to assure that we're delivering um, a clean game. But, you know, the, the end goal has to be clean sport. And... All the way around, not just the athletes competing at the games. And so, you know, I'm hoping that we can uh, show the IOC that we can clean up the sport. And I, you know, I think we are required to do that. We should be uh, required to do that in order to to gain it quoted back. So, and that would be one of the benefits. Of improving the sport overall would be that we could potentially earn back, earn back some of our our slots that we lost because of you know um, previous behavior of of athletes and, and federations and and the IWS, um in terms of its handling of the, these issues.
0: The IOC has been uh, frustrated disappointed at times with what it's seen in weightlifting. Um, how is your working relationship with the IOC now and the sports department in trying to sort out these um, these problems and issues?
1: Well, first I'd like, I mean, I, I think their position is justifiable. So uh, I think you, uh, we should expect for them to be disappointed and disheartened and um, not see us in a favorable light. Uh, you know, I think that um, it's justifiable, and I think that the, us acknowledging that is important for us to move forward in repairing, um, not just changing sport, but uh, repairing those relations. Um, we have to, I think we have to prove to them that this is all serious to us and that we're going to make these changes. Uh, with the intent of of reducing um, and eventually eliminating doping from the sport, which is, you know, a tall task. Um, But at least at the international level, we should be able to to have a a huge effect as an organization on that, and we need to prove that. Uh, And I I believe we need to prove it. Um, My relations have been good um, with with the, the leadership at the IOC. Uh, I think they've, um, they've been incredibly supportive giving the circumstance, um, surrounding all of the changes. It, you know, it's not been pretty and, um, I'm, I'm grateful that they've been so supportive. Uh, I mean, they certainly have given us many chances, um, and we and can't, um, you know, I can't expect them uh, to continue to, to give us chances, but I'm hoping that they can, they'll recognize. But we have to show them. We have to show them change. And, you know, I, I wouldn't expect them to just, you know, give us a pass because we're changing leadership. I think we have to prove ourselves. Um, and and earn earn uh, the relationship that, that they've afforded us. Um, and I, I'm I'm certainly incredibly appreciative that, that that I've been accepted as as part of the new leadership structure. Um, I think a lot of the steps I'm taking already uh, have given um, them a different perspective. On the sport, and I try to keep contact, and I've maintained some contact with, with the leadership in the IOC um, uh, to keep them, you know, abreast of, of the changes, um, and I need to keep doing that. Uh, so, and I realize, you know, there are a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of interest in seeing what we're going to do and how we're going to do it because I've given, myself, I've given myself and the organization um, really, really high expectations. And that's, you know, what I, what I did as part of the leadership and executive board or board of directors in USA Weightlifting. We set our expectations really high um, and then, you know, have worked to meet them. And, and it, my intent is to do the same here. With
0: IWF and and with with the Tokyo Olympics um, a year away, what kind of impression would you like to uh, convey or deliver uh, once those games are complete? What 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 could the Tokyo Olympics mean for uh, the sport of weightlifting?
1: Well, it it can mean that the that the the steps we've taken um, and in a short period of time that we can make substantial change. I mean, that's, I, I hope it reflects that. Uh, it must reflect that. I don't think we have a choice. Uh, we have to not just have a clean games. We need to have uh, clean athletes worldwide. And we'll, I mean, we're still, I mean, positives are still coming in at an alarming rate to me. Um, and I, I, that has to, I mean, we have to have more testing. It, it's, it's There's this paradox for us, because the more positives we have, the more, the, I mean, the cleaner the, the sport becomes internationally, because it shows that we're testing more, we're testing a lot, we're catching them. But then you realize that the sports aren't clean yet. And so what I want is for the athletes to actually be clean, which in the short term may mean that we still are having uh, a lot of positives. Here's, here's, uh, so for the Olympic Games, I, I expect that if we can deliver clean games and all these changes are in effect and we're in Lausanne uh, rebuilding relationships there, and running our office and our operations out of Lausanne, which are all happening, and we're in the middle, we're in the process of, of that happening, um, then, then hopefully we'll, you know, they'll understand our long-term goals, um, and we need to, to, to meet some short-term goals, um, regardless, because the, the Olympics, Olympics is just a year away, or a year and a half or so away. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, the athletes and the member federations all understand our predicament and we'll, we'll move in, this, in the same direction because a, a few athletes can spoil everything for every athlete in the sport of weightlifting. And and that's um, just as a minority of athletes have put us in this position. Um, and so I hope individually they understand their responsibility to the sport on the whole and how, you know, each one individually can affect all of the others. So I, this Games will, will show us that discipline or level of responsibility that, that athletes and member federations uh, take upon themselves. And it's really for us to lead that change as, as the International Federation for the Sport.
0: Our guest on this edition of Around the Rings Radio has been Ursula Papandrea, the acting president of the International Weightlifting Federation. She spoke with us by phone April 29th from her home in Austin, Texas. Thanks very much for joining us on today's edition. I'm your host, Ed Hula, urging everyone to stay safe and stay calm. For more than 25 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.